Hello, hello, and welcome. We to are... the Loom Plotters. Oh, man. You I took... cut you off. <laughs> you took my punchline away. Yes. Live and uh, live from a nice uh, rainy Dubai, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very We're surprising. Happy that we made it here. Mm -hmm. um, we are probably the only uh, media people currently at, at the event currently. It's the second day. We had... Um, Torrential rainfalls in the night. So the sessions of Dubai Watch Week for Friday have been suspended for now. Um, the, the guys here at Dubai Watch Week are doing uh, their utmost. They are doing a lot. I mean, there's hundreds yeah. of people trying to clean up and make sure that um, it is safe to go here. It's no longer raining, we should say. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, so I think that yeah. uh, it's just a matter of uh, kind of mopping up the puddles and uh, everything should be back. Yeah, and yeah. Going just soon. making sure that everything is safe because some of the marble and all of the yeah, stuff me, is Yeah, me, I've been slippery. walking in yeah, and I exactly. nearly ate it 15 times with yeah. my leather-soled shoes, which were a terrible choice. But uh, nonetheless, I... I Left uh, a lane, which is about an hour and a half away. Um, it was nice, bright, sunny, no issues. And then when I got <laughs> yeah. into Dubai, about things, halfway yeah. through, it started pouring rain. And uh, yeah, but luckily made it safe and I'm happy to be here. It's my first day. I wasn't here yesterday. Ralph was. Yeah. So Ralph will walk us through a little bit of exactly. what he experienced yesterday. Yeah. So I, I, I'll, I'll get to through this but again it's it's like a, everybody you see hundreds of people are trying to make sure that we can continue with Dubai Watch Week as soon as possible so that's really really great to see of, of how much effort everybody takes to get everything there in the event back on track right yes with this unforeseen weather now um, so uh, uh, let me go through my notes of what I had yesterday so first of all I think the the most surprising thing we ha I had was that it was just so busy. The last two years ago, I went to this event on a Thursday morning mm -hmm. and I was literally the only person there at about quarter to 10. It opens at about 10. Yeah. So I was there at you know, 9.45, 10. I was the only person in the show. And Edward Melan from Moza, the CEO of Moza, was the only person on the stand. So we were basically literally the only people at this event in the mornings. And so we got chatting. It was really nice. This time I was there even earlier because I wanted to prepare things for the recordings, for the interviews and all of this stuff. And it is was already, the event was packed. There was already hundreds of people here running around, right? And it was just insane because officially it only opens at 10. It was just completely busy and I, I couldn't believe it. And then during the day, I have never seen Dubai Watch Week so busy, not Oof. even on the weekends. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. So all of these, um, let's say, uh, advertisement we made. Right, in our yeah, podcast yeah. and everywhere else. Where Apparently we they're doing a, a radio uh, advertisements as well. Yeah, and then every, and they're then really other, trying to get beyond the scope of the normal people. Absolutely, not only here in in in. I mean, not only internationally, it has gotten such a big following. I mean, we know how many people—probably ten, fifteen people—we know personally who actually flew in. Yes, for this event, it's just in incredible. Yeah, so. What I have seen yesterday, we had a couple of uh, panel discussions. There was the retailer's quick step, which was quite interesting with um, Mr. Schäufele from Chopin, of course, Mr. Ahmed Siddiqui from the Siddiqui family, uh, and uh, 
it was uh, hosted by Robin. Uh, it was a really, really good uh, discussion. Patrick Shaloup was also there from the Shaloup Group, all luxury retailers, and they had a very interesting discussion about waiting lists, wish lists. Is this luxury that you have? I, to I watched wait? a clip of this as well, and he was saying the waiting yeah. list is not going anywhere. It's getting shorter. Mm-hmm. But it won't go anywhere. It was it was yeah, the and, quote that I saw. And, and as he said, you call it rather call it the wish list because yeah, wish wait list is a bit different. But uh, because you you're not waiting for something concrete, right? You're wishing, hoping that uh, yeah. you get something. Some very interesting details there. I think this was the one spot where. Um, Mr. Siddiqui and, and Mr. Schäufele talked a bit about the unpredictability of the de deliveries because he said, even though, Scho I mean, Karl and Schäufele is, is uh, you know, heading Chopin and they're doing a lot in-house. They're saying, we, we are doing our own dials. We have a dial factory. Fred Ferdinand Bertou is also part of the Chopin group. So they're saying, we, we do all of the, a lot of things in-house. And still, we cannot promise you a specific delivery date because yep. sometimes we produce a set of 150 dials. They go through 50 to 100 steps until they're done. At one of the last steps, some mistake happens and they all have to be scrapped, which means another three to four months of production for the dials yep. because it's such a big effort to create them. I'm not so sure if that referred to the Alpine Eagle, but I guess it might have because that's one of the very, very hot sellers from from Chopin and they have delivery issues sometimes of, of, of meeting the demand. Um, so yeah, he said, it's unfortunately a fact of life. We don't like people to wait. We would love that everything is available, but to a certain extent, when the um, demand is surprising us, we, we, and he said, we would like to expand our, our, um, what you say our our production capabilities but they can't because it's it's it, these craftsmen until we yes. have them trained it takes years exactly and, and it's not so easy and you don't want to this is generational knowledge as well absolutely so you have people for two years they're uh, apprenticing and then only and only then can they do one simpler task and then it's going to be another 10 years before they move up the food chain so to speak yeah so uh it's definitely not as simple as okay we need more tooling more machines you know it's not like uh, tesla when they wanted to ramp up their production yeah. and they just say we build bigger factory done yeah um, let's just turn yeah. it to 11 exactly it's a little <laughs> bit different yeah so the other panel discussion i attended was with um, george bamford nicholas folks and uh, barbara palumbo she she moderated it and it was hilarious it was really cool i mean i can listen to nick folks uh talking for hours yeah yeah so i mean I, I saw his outfit so by the way funny. if you oh, if, if you guys haven't looked uh dubai watch week uh check out their instagram because they did have um instagram stories about this yeah. and nick folks is, is an impeccably dressed gentleman and, and he was wearing uh once again this is fantastic looking beige suit um oversized as his signature look is they um, it talked really... quite a lot about their tailors and their suits in this in this episode uh, oh, although well. george bamford was wearing tennis shoes <laughs> uh he apparently has and a tennis shoes single seer uh, sucker uh, blue and pink suit or something yeah it was interesting yeah but so, he had his mm -hmm. nike yeah, I think there were Air Force Ones on, if I'm not mistaken, because I saw Waco was wearing the the Tiffany blue Air Force Ones. Really? I, yep. did, I did not see that. No. Uh, from where I was standing, I couldn't see that. Oh, anyway, uh, well, check it out on Instagram. Yeah. So I, I I went with a couple of friends to all of the booths. Um, uh, it was it was really really interesting. I met Ming Tain, uh, the, the the founder. Yeah, yeah. I of, saw their new Ming. watch. They they uh, released a new watch as well. They have uh, a Dubai 
uh, world timer, which is spectacular. It's a fantastic watch. I, I and and I saw saw the, the the prototypes of these um, magnesium based watches that are so light. And what completely took me by surprise, if when you see them, you think, okay, it looks like a plastic watch with this brushed, uh, sandblasted yep. magnesium. But you you touch it and it's cold. But it's light as plastic, but it's cold as metal. It's a weirdest like cognitive dissonance. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you, you just feel it and think, oh, that's that's odd. Um, so really cool stuff. So I, I met, I met, I had a nice chat with him and um, with uh, I think Christine or Catherine. I for, forgot what her name is on the stand. Lovely people there from Ming. Um, spoke with the Moser brothers. As always, uh, they are always have always available for chat and super nice people. Um, Rexep Rexepi was there. We saw Jean Anon, who was which we will have a meeting with Rexep. Uh, yes, we will. We will later have on this week. Um, Jean Anon was here. Also very nice to see. Um, he did a fantastic job with with uh, Louis Vuitton watchmaking and uh, cutting down the production. I mean, I, I still can't get beyond the fact that this guy is what he looks twenty. I don't know actually how old he is, but uh, the fact that the CEO of of, of Louis Vuitton watches is such a young guy. It just shows you that uh, they're really taking things seriously. They do want to make a change. They don't want to make your traditional quartz tambours anymore. They have made a massive move. And I think appointing him as the CEO is is a very, very big step. And he takes his time. He knows that building uh, Louis Vuitton as a, as, a fun, as a really serious watch brand. I mean, they have done a fantastic stuff before. Yes. But uh, now he cut down on all of these... Um, more fashion-oriented mm -hmm, watches, the tambour quartz watches and other things. And the new tambour, we will have to go and see it. It is stunning. The one that person. he the, the, they just came out with a collaboration with the Russia Presser B as well, right? That's also there. With Acrivia? I, no, I think as he said, it was the last Acrivia logoed watch ever. So on a dinner, a friend of mine attended, uh, not a dinner, um, a coffee with him. He had a coffee with him and a couple of other people from the Arab Watch Club. So he apparently has the only watch one with him. The one that is supposed to go to only watch. Yeah, we'll see what and happens. The story, and the, the story is, they might disassemble it. They're not yet sure if they're going giving it for a different charity. They could just give it to me. Uh, yes, I know, I know. <laughs> or they might just you know, take it apart. And I don't know. Like, I feel if it was what? me, I would uh, say, you know what? I'm going to wear it. <laughs> it's just absolutely insane. Anyway, so I saw these guys. Uh, all the GPHG winners, the mm -hmm. watches are exhibited as well. Okay. So they, they did this last there. time as well. I remember. Really cool to see. Um, of course, uh, I, I, I bumped into Jean-Claude Biver, Kari Vutilainen, Pierre Biver. Uh, I saw him already. Also, uh, some of the, of course, the YouTubers. No, George Bamford is on the panel, so we yeah. saw also, of course, Andrew from uh, Time and Tide and Adrian Barker. So the about effing All time. All three of them are is, here. Okay, is, is, is rummaging around and stirring things up here, <laughs> which is great to see. I saw CQ. I had a nice chat with him. From formerly Watchbox, now he works for David SW. It's based in Miami. Lovely guy. Um, always nice to have a chat with him. Uh, yeah, then uh, at, at night, I think there's a was a live stream of uh, Paul Thorpe, where some of our friends appeared on. Um, he did a live stream from here. Tim Wright was is, or is here as well. Yeah, so there's a couple of of people here from the watch community on YouTube. That is, um, yeah, some some 
Yep. Doing a lot of stuff. Of course, Waco, we, we, we've seen them a few times. Then um, I've been to the Breitling event. It's a really cool event in, uh, in the evening. It was a dinner. Uh, we had uh, the launch of the new Avenger collection. I saw. I saw. Yeah. I was, uh, let's just say, unimpressed. With the Avenger? Yeah, it just came out and I'm like, it looks like the old yeah, one. But, but I, again, <laughs> these are watches you have it. to see in person. They are actually really, really nice. Um, I believe I they're nice, do, but there's nothing. We don't have a launch dinner for something that looks exactly like the previous yeah, one. I do agree that it's it's very similar, but sometimes I think good things don't have to change much. But there was a bit of back. back but but Breitling is from, not one of those companies. You know what I mean? I feel like, yes, if you say the Submariner doesn't change. Yeah, it doesn't have to. But Breitling is kind of been going down and down into the toilets. And they started with George Kern coming back up. Oh, yeah. So this is the time they need to be making changes because they need to get back on track, whatever the track that they choose to do is. Because if you remember when they took this detour, they said they were going to target their Asian market, make smaller watches, et cetera, et cetera. And they totally redid their entire mentality yeah and it was not a good position for them see what i i i, I thought i mean th there's one thing that they have done a, they have like the, the four pillars right they have air land sea mm -hmm. and they have the um the generalist um, yeah. watches there so that's a good way of, of streamlining it i mean they cut down on a lot of these um sales uh, skus right the, 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 the initial the amount of watches that they have, the variations of it yeah. and stuff. So that's a good thing. Um, we still have in the Avenger and the automatic Avenger, the 42 millimeter version, we still have the SW200 movement or the, the ETA 2824, which is a movement that I have in my own Breitling from 25 mm -hmm. years ago. It's still the same movement. I think we will see soon uh, an in-house movement there in for the normal 300s as well. Um it offers a bit more power reserve and all of this stuff. So I, I think that's that's what we will see. But a bit of pushback, while everybody generally liked the release, I think there was a bit of pushback for um the uh the missing wings, the low the wing logo, Yes, yeah, the, just the singular B on their pilot's watch. Yeah. Right? Anyhow, so it looks odd. Yeah. And I, I remember when George Kern, uh, I was at the talk, uh, Dubai Watch Week, uh, a couple of years ago when George Kern mentioned the dropping of the bee or, or the wings for the bee. And they were saying specifically, oh, well, we are beyond just, uh, this is when they introduced this air, land, sea nonsense, right? And they were saying, <laughs> well, this is air specifically. So now that we're doing more diverse collections, um, we should drop the wings. But and I know, think in the, that's... In the, in the older cold versions that are now discontinued, they um, did not have the winged logo, but they had the winged logo on the clasp. So that's interesting. So on my Super hey. Ocean, which is not a yes, pilot yes. watch, you have I the wings. have wings everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> which I, I... It's the same thing with Tudor. When they use like the Rose logo in some places mm. and the Shield logo, and in the modern Tudors, they're using both yeah. on the Black Bays. And I'm just thinking to myself... Yeah, well, Please have be consistent. The, the crown, right? Yeah. Now. Anyhow, so that's. Uh, by the way, what are you wearing today? Oh, I am. We have a meeting with uh, the Grand Seiko people today, so I'm wearing yeah. my Grand Seiko SBGM two two one GMT. That's on a hairy strap. <laughs> Hashtag hairy strap. I started this on Instagram. Check it out. Uh, I'm the only one that's posted once on yeah. this hashtag. Hashtag hairy strap. Hairy strap. So yeah, it's not as um, as disgusting as you might think it 
is a hairy strap. It, it, is, it is a longer <laughs> suede. We'll put it this yes. way. It's a suede strap, but they're short suede, long suede. It's and leather, I, I have yeah. a, a copper brush that I'm using to brush it out there for, or brass copper. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, one of those suede brushes, and then it uh, really makes it hairier. <laughs> so, but, uh, and so, you're yeah. wearing what? I'm now? wearing uh, my 1973 Seamaster, Omega Seamaster. I thought it was a Zenith. It looks like no, a Zenith for a, It's a Seamaster with a seven. Is it a, I forgot the Lemania movement that it's, it's actually in it. It's a 1060 movement, I think. And it's a 176.10. I don't know the Omega reference numbers. I'm so bad at reference numbers. And that's the one of the things numbers, that everybody's really bad at. kills me all the time with, with, with Grand Seiko. I, I like, know the ones do I, I have know. An SBGH, SBGE, SBGA. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, once again, <laughs> I found, and I cannot find it anymore, guys. If you see it, please tell me. Um, there was a list somewhere that told you the letters and what they all meant. So uh, yeah, S yeah, was one of the factories or whatever. And then it, the, uh, one of them was a movement. One of them was the type of watch it was, the collection, and so forth. Um, and it was very simple at that point to figure out exactly what your SBGM meant, right, but right, I right. lost this link. I can no longer find the picture. I really need to have this as well because everywhere. I am I'm super lost with that. But I, yeah. at the moment, I don't have any Grand Seiko. I realized yes, which is so uh, it's a, it's a, embarrassing. How embarrassing for yeah. you, especially after I actually <laughs> I had quite a few in my life, and now I have only oh, only Seikos. Only Seikos. But that's okay. But I, I brought I, I, my Seiko for later for the interview, yes, so we can good. Charm, you won't feel... charm our our friend from Grand Seiko. Exactly. I could have brought my other one. Yeah. I, you should have told me. I would have brought the the little uh, three hander. You could have worn right. that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the other thing I want to mention before we wrap up here, um, apparently, simultaneous to a Dubai Watch Week in New York, Swatch Group is having an event. Uh, Omega. I don't know if it's Omega specifically or is it? yeah, is yeah. It? And uh, I, I'm guessing this is not a coincidence, <laughs> no, uh, of course but should. nonetheless, uh, Swatch Group has been uh, releasing a few things. And just yesterday, they dropped a brand new Heritage um, Diver. And oh, right. It was super cool. It is a, uh, the legend, the Longines, did I say Longines? Did I mention Longines? No, you didn't. I didn't. I just said Swatch Group, right? Mm. So Longines, sorry, uh, uh, dropped a legend diver in 39 millimeters, two dial colors, a black and a uh, grayish navy blue. This is a direct attack at the Tudor Black Bay 58. Same size, same colors. Um, I think 39 is a really good it size. It is a really good yeah. size. Yeah. And it's here's really the kicker. Watch, yeah. There is no Fotina. Mm. There's no date as well. No date and no Fotina, which for me is a recipe for uh, a financial debt that's oncoming. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll have to see it in person, but they put it on a beads of rice bracelet yeah. and it looks absolutely stunning. Yeah. I'm very, very pleased with what they did. So, so um, I just wanted to touch on it. I, I can't let let um, that slide because there's a couple of people I met uh, that I don't, I, I have to mention. Um don't want to go through all the 60 brands that it's exhibiting, but my goodness, you will see um, absolutely incredible watches. I mean, uh, Moritz Grossmann, they make about 300 watches a year and they probably have 20 or 30 here on the stand, which is just incredible to see so many of, 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 of their current production even, even exhibited, right? Um, I saw Eldis Hodge, uh, the famous Hollywood actor, who is actually... 
apparently in the prototyping phase now. He's with been his in watches. the prototyping for 10 years. I know it took a bit longer. <laughs> and you know what? I saw him and his and his friend. And his friend was there double wristing, had two 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 watches on, and he was wearing no watch at all. And I said, Aldous, what are you doing? Right? How can you have no yeah, watch yeah. on your wrist? <laughs> a watch fair. You are you know, you have you're having your own watch brand now. And he said, Yeah, exactly because of that. He said, I'm not wearing any watch until I launch my own. And that's when I'm wearing wearing watches again. And I thought, yeah, good. That's a that's a good reason. I had a quick chat with Davide Cerato from Bremont, CEO of Bremont. We talked about uh, Black Bay. He basically invented the modern Black Bay for Tudor when he was heading um, the watch area for Tudor there, the design area. And um, lovely, lovely person to chat to. And he told me that he is, because I said, well, I think the most iconic watch for Bremont is actually the Martin Baker. That's mm -hmm. what I personally think. If you if you put a gun to my head, what is this brand about? It's the Martin Baker. So I asked him, is there will there be a reissue of this Martin Baker watch? And he said, Are you asking me when or if? Mm -hmm. And gave me that smile. So I thought, okay, that's you know a great, exactly. great hint. Yeah, there we go. And um Yeah, they are doing a bit of similar things. They are also categorizing their watches, streamlining streamlining their offerings, so air, land, and sea. There will be a, a new launch at Watches and Wonders in April of a new line that is absolutely brand new. It will be a field watch. Ooh. Mm -hmm. ah. That's all I know and all I can reveal. Well, it, let me just put it this way. Mm -hmm. um, British field watch. If they do anything similar to a CWC, yeah, God, and, and then cool. with the Bremont quality, I mean, you can you can say yeah. a I lot mean, about basically Bremont, a CWC that isn't fantastic. You know, a yeah. cheap two hundred dollar quartz watch. Yes, that would be unbelievable. So, yeah. so let's see. I think um, his taste is very very good. So we'll see well, what I mean, he comes up with. The guy designed the Black Bay and <laughs> the uh, entire that, line. That's yeah, this was ridiculous. crazy of what he did there. So, all right. So, so we will get back to you guys, to. by the way, for uh, day two, uh, maybe tomorrow morning or maybe tonight, depending on what we yeah. see or do. But uh, we'll try to be getting these episodes out uh, at least within 12 yeah, small hours summary of, of, what happened. Yeah. Um, of the day ending. Correct. So. And then then we will have certain... certain um, interviews coming probably after the Wear Watch Week ended because then we have uh, to do a bit of editing and all of the stuff. But the summaries will come definitely on a daily basis then. So you will see a bit more in a couple of uh, hours from yep. us. Thank you very much. All right. Much. See you guys. See you. Bye-bye.